Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, time for us to have a little chat with our Scott Chance this morning because we were talking about discussing the bro code now, Scott, I am intrigued. What is the bro code? Yeah, and I think that that's a really great question that sort of led me into this topic because uh, the bro code has been defined so many ways. You know, when I was in high school, a bunch of my buddies and I sort of had a, I don't think we called it a bro code, but you know, it's an understanding amongst a group of men, sometimes young men, about how they treat each other and treat other people and sort of like, a code for living, a standard that you sort of apply with like principles and ethics, though I don't know that that actually applies in in this context. But I'm intrigued by the idea of code and a bro code, I think because I never really identified with the cultural idea of bro code. Now, Alex Manley is the author of a new book. It's called The New Masculinity, A Roadmap for a 21st Century Definition of Manhood. And in it, he discusses this. He talks about the bro code, which is something that's, you know, it's been around for years. But as we are aware, it does have some or can have some negative outcomes, this idea of bro code. So I talked with Alex recently and I started by asking him this same question, Simi. Can he define exactly what is a bro code? code? I mean, I think it's a shifting thing. I think it, it shows up in different ways, in different cultures, at different times. I think, you know, broadly, it's just the understanding that you protect, you know, the guys, you know, over anyone else. If someone comes and accuses them of doing, having done something bad, you deny, you sort of help each other out in certain ways um, that is fundamentally predicated on sort of masculinity being important and guys being sort of more important than everyone else. The idea of protecting each other and having your friends back, those type of things, that all seems, at least at, at the surface level, seems okay. So much of the issue with bro code is that, at least the sort of contemporary one that I'm talking about, is that it is taking place sort of against the backdrop of a, a, a culture that has very toxic ideas about masculinity. Um, and so stuff that maybe a, like a healthy sort of wanting to protect your friends vibe or whatever code or whatever in another culture in another time in another, you know, alternate universe or whatever, you, you know, you might sort of, that that might take place as like, hey, I see my, you know, my friend or my peer or whatever is going through something tough and I'm going to be there for him or whatever. And I feel like here it's like, oh, I see my friend is, you know, treating <laughs> his uh, romantic or sexual partner or partners very badly and, uh, you know, lying to them or, or, you know, violating their consent or whatever. And I'm going to cover for him to make sure he doesn't suffer any consequences. Uh, and not only is that, extremely hurtful and toxic for the victims of that kind of behavior. It also ultimately is bad for the perpetrators because it doesn't, you know, it, it prevents them from learning lessons. It prevents them from being accountable and it sort of turns them into worse people. We've had this term sort of in popular culture for a while now, toxic masculinity. 
And I feel mm-hmm. like there are there are people who still I see it on social media and stuff who feel the need to defend masculinity in general because mm-hmm. they feel like they haven't, you know, been predatory in their in their masculinity mm-hmm. and stuff. And and mm-hmm. I think it's important for us to like define this and and talk about it because it it has been toxic for a lot of people and in a lot of cases. I think it's important to remember that the phrase toxic masculinity is describing like a portion of masculinity. It's describing mm-hmm. a subset of masculinity. It's not saying all masculinity forever is all toxic. It's saying some aspects of masculinity are toxic. And when we talk about those, we say toxic masculinity. Certainly there are some people who, who would argue that there's no aspects of masculinity that are toxic. But I think if you reframe it, as you know okay look there are some aspects i think people maybe would have less of an argument with that and then we can start getting into the weeds of like okay well what is and what isn't healthy um in terms of masculinity how do we combat this where do we start to push back and what what steps can we take or what changes can we make even in our personal lives daily to to push back on this I think, you know, I mean, it's, there's no magic bullet solution. Uh, if there was, you know, maybe the problem would already be solved. I think, um, you know, I think there's, there's sort of two prongs for me. One is that like, we need structural change. We need like big change that comes from like powerful organizations in our lives, whether those are uh, government organizations or NGOs or like corporations. Um, you know, whenever like there's an organization that has like some power, uh, societally that people sort of look to and listen to or whatever, you know, whether that's governments putting in place certain legislations or like companies, for instance, like a Disney sort of like creating stories that tell different narratives than the ones we're all used to. At the same time, uh, I do think that it's not just useful, but also sort of morally important. Um, for regular people to start making changes big and small in their lives. Um, I think a lot of it is just trying to impact the conversation. And I think um, engaging in that kind of talk, whether it's, you know, admitting, you know, potentially vulnerable stuff about yourself or whether it's kind of pushing back on, you know, friends or family members. Alex Manley, he's the author of the new book, A New Masculinity, a roadmap for a 21st century definition of manhood. And I want to know more about this. Uh, Do you find that word triggering toxic masculinity? Do you have a bro code? I'm interested. Okay, because it's almost like we're talking about several different things, right? Right. There's a bit of nuance there, as you talked about in your interview there with Alex Manley. Is it there is a bro code, which is you want to support your friend? Sure. Support your friend. But there is a line that gets crossed when it can be something worse than that. Yeah, and I think the problem is that um, it has it, it's sort of morphed into that, or it can quickly morph into that in a lot of cases, and uh, that line gets blurry. And I think that that often is why um, people who ascribe to a code like this or a bro code have maybe found themselves in trouble and maybe we need to redefine it or continue mm-hmm. to have the conversation. I'm, I'm really interested in this topic. Yeah, I, I am too, just because I know a lot of 20 something young men uh, j- because that's in my family, yeah. right? And lots of friends and just guys that I have known since they were little and now they're all into their you know mid twenties. And so I've seen this kind of evolution. And I wonder, Scott, 
How much do you think YouTube plays a role in all of this? Because I know a lot of them watch some videos on YouTube where this line definitely gets crossed. Oh, absolutely. I think YouTube, social media, all of all of that type of stuff. And I think all the more reason for us to continue uh, talking about it and having conversations and really making sure that we say, like, this, this is where that line is and we shouldn't cross it. Um, yeah, it's a it's a difficult sort of thing to sort of unpack as we integrate with culture and people growing up and all of all of that type of stuff. It, and it's also really hard, I'm sure, for parents who have um, young kids for for boys, right? If you have if you're the parent of young boys, it's it's a very fine line that you're walking right there to try like where and keeping an eye on them and what are they listening to and how are they being influenced? It's hard. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I had my experience and that was sort of pre-social media. And now I'm working some of that back and figuring out maybe I, you know, crossed some lines. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm interested in in the redefinition conversation. Mm, Interesting. All right. Well, thank you for that, Scott. Yeah.